0: Hey, what's up, everybody, and I just wanted to welcome you all back into another episode of By week We have a great episode this week, a little bit on the shorter side, as we did not have a guest, and I took out a couple of segments for this show, but it's still going to be fun and hope you hang around. Uh, just remember to like, subscribe, rate, follow, and share with all your friends, as that will really help the show out, but let's go ahead and get into it. And here we go. And Thanks, everybody, once again for coming back in. I did just want to touch on a few things from last week. Uh, We did have a little bit of a rough week betting. Uh, I think we missed out on all three of the parlays. And uh, as far as the uh, picks for the daily lineups, those went okay. Some missed, some hit. So not too bad, depending on which you wanted to listen to, if you do listen to those. Uh, I am going to cut those two segments for this week, Uh, not because we had a bad week last week. We'll pick those back up at some point. But uh, just to make the show a little bit shorter, as we did have a little bit of a long episode last week. So let's go ahead and get into our first segment, one you're all familiar with, and that's fooled you. There's an old saying in Tennessee, I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, that says, Fool me once. Shame on shame on you. <laughs> fool me, we can't get fooled again. <laughs> Like I said earlier, we don't have a guest on the podcast this week, so I'm just going to give you four of my Fooled You guys this week, and we'll go through those and discuss some of their numbers and why they might be a Fooled You guy, and uh, we'll see if some of them are positive, negative, and hope for a better, uh, maybe not such a Fooled You next time. First one here on the list is Tevin Coleman, who finished with 12 carries, 23 yards, two receptions, and 13 yards on the in the air. Uh He really fooled you because the last week he did have a really big week against the Panthers going off for four touchdowns, and this week he came away with none. It was really Matt Burrito this week, and you can't really get excited about anything Tevin Coleman did, as he still did get a good bit of work with 14 total touches and did not really do a single thing with them. Got to look forward to him maybe producing a little bit better in the following weeks, but I think he really was a fool you this week. And I don't know, uh, with that backfield, it is cloudy with Tevin Coleman, and now they do have Emmanuel Sanders joining on the outside, along with Debo Samuels getting a little bit more healthy. So I don't know uh, how consistent Tevin Coleman's going to be going forward, and it looks like kind of a rough stumbling patch here maybe, just one-week outlier, but uh, don't be surprised if he does have a couple more weeks like this going forward. Moving right along uh, was one of my picks from last week. Robbie Anderson only had two receptions for 33 yards. Uh, He struggled against a very weak Miami defense, as did the entire Jets offense, really, other than um, Jamison Crowder. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I was really looking to have a big game. Even just one long catch would have been very helpful, but the two for 33 really hurt. Uh, Only did get four targets. Um, You really just would have expected more against a very, very weak Dolphins defense, but Adam Gase and that Jets offense just continues to struggle. Adam Gase never really has a strong plan and As a quarterback whisperer, you would expect more from him, as we said last week, but he really hasn't given you very much, and I kind of look for that to continue. So I think Robbie Anderson was a fool you this week, but don't get fooled going forward. Uh, I think it's time to sit Robbie Anderson down. I know he has been one of my guys on my teams in a couple leagues, uh, trying to play him when they have a good matchup, but he really hasn't panned out other than maybe one game this year. So I'd look to just kind of bench him, drop him, get rid of him, don't play him. You don't really want to have him on your bench. Don't want to really have him in your starting lineup. So I would just say uh, don't get fooled again. He's really going to give you these bus games, and he might give you a boom game once, maybe twice more the rest of the year, but you're not really going to have a good way of predicting that. So I would just say don't have him in your lineup. That's the easiest way to look at it. Moving right along to our next one, another down player was LaShawn McCoy this week with three carries for nine yards and one reception for zero yards. As we have said many times on this podcast already in the three episodes that we've been going, the the backfield of the Chiefs is just a diluted, bad situation with no one really making his presence known. Until this week, we did have Damian Williams dominate the carries. Like we said, LaShawn only saw three and one reception, so he really wasn't a part of the game plan at all here. And with Patrick Mahomes coming back this week, I think we can continue to see them stick with Damian Williams, who looked very good last week, albeit mainly from just one run of the 91 yards that was a touchdown. And that's where Damian's uh, performance really came from. But I think uh, behind that and the bulk of the carries not being poor otherwise, I think the Chiefs will finally stick with Damian Williams, maybe giving a a couple carries to Shady and a couple coys to um, Darrell Williams as well. But I think we're going to have to stick with Damian Williams finally. And maybe once again, another outlier here. You won't really see LaShawn again going forward consistently, I don't think. Uh, So once again, got fooled by him this week, but maybe uh, don't play him again going forward unless you really have to because I don't think you should get fooled again, as I think this is more along the lines of what we should expect going forward. And then finally, with our last Fooled You guy, uh, we do have Zach Ertz, finally someone to get us excited about. Uh, he gave. He was a positive fool this week with nine receptions for 103 yards and one touchdown on 11 targets. Uh, I think you really have to like what you saw there. Uh, the Philadelphia offense definitely made it a point to get him more involved this week. Uh, with the nine receptions and the 11 targets from Wentz. Um, I think you see that going forward. Maybe not quite such a good week every week, but I think they really focus in on him, uh, try to get him the ball a little bit more. And uh, I think you see with the other weapons on the offense, like Alshon Jeffrey, um, you had Deshaun Jackson go down again this week and be placed on the IR. I think you really have to see the uh, Philadelphia offense focus in on Zach Ertz and try to push the ball more to him if they want to win games. Um, and they do certainly still have a shot to get in the playoffs, albeit maybe a weak one. Uh, but I think you really have to look at them to focus in on him, and maybe this won't be such a fool to you the next time. Um, I would look for Zach Ertz to maybe pick it up a little bit from what he's started the season at and uh, get a little bit of that positive regression. Maybe not what he was last year, I don't think you can expect, but certainly more along the lines of what uh, the price was you drafted him at and maybe return to the value of a top five uh, tight end each week. And that's what we can hope for for him. And uh, and I don't personally have any shares of Zach Ertz as I stayed away from him or went Kelsey if I went tight end early. But uh, I do think as a general, you want to see fantasy football players perform as long as it's not against you in the week. So I'd like to see a little bit of the positive regression from Zach Ertz and maybe uh, have him become what he was drafted to be this year. And with that, we'll go ahead and jump over to Houston We Have a Problem and discuss some of the guys we have problems with this past week and look ahead to next week a little bit. Okay, Houston, we've had a problem here. This is Houston, say again, please. Uh, Houston, we've had a problem. So with our first problem guy here on the list, I do have down Royce Freeman, who had just five carries for 15 yards and one reception for minus one yards. Uh that's certainly a problem as far as your point totals, but I think it speaks more to how Denver used him uh in the offense this past week. Uh you would have come you've come to expect uh around ten points out of Royce Freeman and pick up, like Lathan said a couple weeks ago, uh a little bit over fifty percent of the total work from the running back position from Royce Freeman. Um and this game they were starting a new quarterback, one twenty-four nineteen, so not a bad game script for a running back. And you would have expected a heavier workload from Royce Freeman. However, he really hurt you this week as uh, Philip Lindsay did get the bulk of the work, the touchdown, um, and everything in between. Uh, I really hope this isn't what we see from Royce Freeman going forward. But that work does show that maybe they, they are going to tend to lean more toward Philip Lindsay down the stretch here. Um, Royce didn't get a lot of work in the passing game. Like I said, just the one reception. And that's been an area where he's really been able to, to take the work from Lindsay, even though Lindsey is the smaller back. Um, so once again, a, a problem there for Royce Freeman owners, uh, as well as maybe the Denver backfield. Um, they did pick up the win with the new quarterback. So who knows really where they're going to go with Royce Freeman from here. My next pick on the list is going to be Aaron Jones, who was a huge problem for you this week if you had him, uh, because you really uh, expected more of that uh, 20 to 30 point game that he's given you a few times this year, and uh, it was against a very weak Chargers team coming into the game, but the Chargers certainly turned it around and recovered this past week and absolutely dominated the game versus Green Bay. That included Aaron Jones, who just had eight carries for 30 yards, one reception for once again, negative one yards like Royce Freeman. Uh, So that certainly hurt you as that did total to just 3.4 fantasy points. Uh, We've come to expect so much more from him. The negative game script uh, you would have thought actually would have helped him as he is a passing down uh, back who thrives out of the backfield catching the ball from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, We've seen that really carry him this year, but he didn't really even get that. Uh, So he was a huge problem and really could have gone in the fool you category as he continues to bounce around from these huge 40, 45, 38-point games back down to the single digits, even lower than five points like he did for you this week. So if you had him, he was a huge problem, and uh, I think he's going to continue to to give you this volatility that you don't want to see from your running back one, which he is, he is for most people. And going on to my last pick for this week, uh, it's going to be a little bit unconventional for the typical Houston-we-have-a-problem model, and that's because Houston, speaking about myself there, Houston, we have a problem with my favorite player in the league, and that's the this year's fantasy MVP, without a doubt, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, if you don't have him on your team, you know exactly what I'm talking about, as he has been a major problem for anyone who doesn't own him. Uh, I go against him this week, and uh, let me just read you his games for this year within the last six games. His finishes at the position have been 4-3-2-8-5-1. That's incredible. 5 out of those or 6 out of those uh 7 weeks have been top 5 finishes with the other just being an 8th. That is simply incredible and he has just been phenomenal all year and you don't want to see him in your uh, opponent's lineup like I do this week. So he's going to be a huge problem for me as I have to try to make up points at my positions uh because he's certainly going to put them up uh, as we have seen all year. Really doesn't matter the defense. He did struggle against Tampa Bay in week 2, uh but that's more because Cam Newton was playing with a hurt foot and not anything that he did incorrectly. They just were able to script him out of the game since Cam Newton was not a threat at all in the passing work. Um, With that, uh, that was my last pick for Houston We Have a Problem. Uh, This week we did just keep it at three, and we'll go ahead and move over to the busts of the week. My busts of the week are going to be a little bit controversial this week as I am picking a couple of players that you would expect to have great games. Uh, The first one, Alvin Kamara. He is going to have a down week, I think. I think you would expect him coming off the bye and the injury against a very weak Atlanta team uh, to have a very good week, but I'm predicting the opposite. The matchup looks good, I think, Uh, coming off the injury. They're not going to push him, though, and I think we will see Latavius Murray get some work. The Falcons are really weak in the secondary, so I don't think passing the ball is going to be the issue. Um, So I think they will look to uh, go down the field, push the ball down the field a little bit more. Um, With Michael Thomas, Ted Ginn Jr., I think you might see a couple of the longer touchdowns uh, that will limit Kamara's work. Now, I don't think he's going to fall off a cliff. He's not going to score you two points, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, He's going to get the work, but I just don't expect him to score anything more than maybe 12 to 15 points. Uh, I think you should be happy with that if you're playing him with that this week. Basically, this bust is just going to be to temper expectations. Don't expect a huge week that Kamara can sometimes give you uh, in a game where against the Falcons, he looks super good uh, on paper. Uh, I think New Orleans will slow the ball down uh, other than pushing the ball down the field, like I said. So look for him to have kind of a plotting game, even though he's electric. uh, And look for Latavius to cut into the workload this first week back, I think. Um, My next pick is going to be Nick Chubb, another key marquee staple running back. Um, Against a tough Buffalo team this week, I think they look to slow him down as the surrounding offense has been mediocre at best. Uh, The Browns will likely also throw Kareem Hunt into the mix, giving you maybe a little bit less of a workload than you've come to expect from Nick Chubb. And in that way, I think this is going to cut into Nick Chubb's rhythm a little bit, uh, which I think is valuable at the running back position. Uh, behind that line is already struggle, um, is already a struggle, I mean, and that offense has just been putrid all year. And I think that finally washes over to Nick Chubb. Uh, once again, like Kamara, I don't think you're going to expect the two-point week or anything. But uh, I don't think you're going to get any kind of boom week from Nick Chubb. I don't think he's going to have a touchdown this week. Uh, I think they'll really try to get Kareem Hunt involved. And I think you'll look at that and look back at this week and say that was kind of a bust. And moving right along to my last bust for this week, I'm going to project that Jared Goff has a down week coming off of the bye once again like Kamara. Uh, I think with McVay offenses, you would expect them to be ready and set for a big week, but I think he comes back a bit weak. Um, With uh, Brandon Cooks down, uh, the running game with Gurley being absent pretty much all year. Uh, I don't think Jared Goff is really going to come back and set the world on fire against a tough Pittsburgh defense that has defensively been very good against the pass uh, since adding Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, I would look for a slow week from Jared Goff this week. I think you can rely on a guy like Cooper Cup to get the volume and the targets that you've come to expect from him. Uh, Gurley should be fine out of the backfield. Maybe even Robert Woods kind of comes in and picks up what you would want from him in a fantasy game, but I don't think Jared Goff is going to have uh, a big week at all. I wouldn't expect any more than maybe two touchdowns. If he gives you that, I think you should be pleased. Um, Once again, I I think it'll be more of a bust week for him. I'd expect closer to the 10 point mark than the 20 point mark. So now let's go ahead and move over to the recap from the dynasty league uh, from last week. Uh, Just a quick update uh, from my picks from last week, for those who don't remember, were myself, Mark, Thad, Connor, Carson, and Blake. Five of those six were right, so I do move to 11 and 6 on the year as far as picks. Uh, I mean, 11 and 7, I apologize. But before we actually get into the breakdown week uh, game by game, uh, I do want to just go through the standings. Uh, That way you can get a feel for the playoff picture and where things sit. Uh, We do have three divisions, like I said on the first podcast. Those division leaders are currently Seth at seven and two. He would be the one seed. Um, Connor at six and three. He would be uh, the two seed. Then you have Ethan leading the other division at six and three. He would actually be the four seed as Blake is also at six and three with 1,021 points. Uh, while Ethan has 971 and Connor was at 1071, so those would be your top four seeds: Seth, Connor, Blake, and Ethan in that order. Uh, the fifth seed would be Mark, currently at six and three as well, uh, at 924 points. So we have one seven and two and four six and three teams in the league, all just divided by about 150 points. Uh, Going on down to the sixth seed in the last playoff team currently would be Thad at four and five with a thousand thirty seven points. Then at seven, myself at four and five with nine hundred and twenty seven points. Brian at four and five with eight hundred and eighty seven points. Lathan at three and six with one thousand twenty nine points. Carson at three and six with eight hundred and thirty three points. Coley at 3-6, and six also with 747 points. And lastly, and certainly most leastly, Page at 2-7 and seven and 748 total points. So that's what the playoff pictures look like, and uh, that would give you a, a little bit of a picture for next year's draft where we currently stand this year. Um, so let's go ahead and get into the first game. Uh, that'll be mine versus uh, as we discussed last week. And if you remember correctly, Seth had a ton of buys and I really took advantage of it getting the win 152 to 97 this week. Uh, big weeks for Mike Evans, Melvin Gordon, Tyreek Hill and Devin Singletary really bolstered uh, my highest point total of the year. Uh, Devin Singletary, I certainly like going forward uh, as a rookie. He looks phenomenal and it looks like Buffalo is handing him the reins on that backfield. Not much to be said otherwise about Seth's team. Like we said, many notable buys, and Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb certainly had subpar weeks. Um, Tyler Lockett certainly boomed for him, but it certainly wasn't enough to overcome uh, my my big week. And uh, as, he did, as such, he did go down for this week, as we both projected last week's episode. Um, wouldn't have expected such a down game from him again going forward, uh, so I think he bounces back. Uh, we'll get into that when we get into the preview. Um, up next, we have Mark versus Lathan, a.k.a. Mr. Gatherer, once again, as he took yet another loss on the year. And as we'll discuss in just a little bit, uh, he took that loss pretty hard, and it looks like he might be moving on from this year. As for this week's matchup, no one on either team really had uh, a spectacular week, just a couple of sod weeks here and there, and then a couple of down weeks here and there from teams, Um Matt Stafford, James White, Devontae Parker, and Jonathan uh, Williams were the big ones for Mark that helped propel propel him to a uh, win this week. Lathan had a decent performance from Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins, but the rest of his team really disappointed. Um, Some notable underperformances from him were uh, Chris Godwin and Devontae Adams, who maybe you would have expected to have bigger weeks. Uh, Chris Godwin against Seattle's defense that has struggled against the... uh, the slot guys, kind of the the guys that can can fit in as they play zone, they get into those uh, second levels and just pick their spots in the zones and pick it apart as. Uh, We've seen in the past with uh, slot guys and other guys like Julian Edelman uh, just kind of go in and and pick apart those zone defenses. You kind of would have expected that from Chris Godwin this week. Um, But it was all Mike Evans and then Devontae Adams on the return for uh, Green Bay. Certainly disappointed, as did the whole Green Bay offense. So not a lot to say there. Uh, We did pick Mark last week, so that's another one we got correct. And so we'll go ahead and move right along. Uh, Up next, we have Ethan Commissioner Gordon defeating Thad one hundred and two to ninety six. Quite a streak Ethan has been on, uh, winning five out of the last six games, I believe. And I think it was actually five in a row. I don't have it up in front of me, but I believe it was. So he's certainly been streaking. Uh, both had lackluster performances from some key pieces like Tevin Coleman, Leonard Fournette, Sonny Michelle, Allen Robinson, etc. Uh, but both had a couple of positive performances as well. Guys like Preston Williams, George Kittle, Curtis Samuel, Mohammed Sanu all had bigger weeks than anticipated. Uh, with all of that, it did uh, come down to Ethan just slightly overperforming uh, from some of the under-the-radar guys, and he did get it done. Unfortunately for him, he did lose a couple of the, the pieces he's been starting recently in uh, Preston Williams and Mark Walton. Uh, now, with that, uh, being from Miami, you kind of laugh at that. Why do you want to start Miami players? But uh, with Preston Williams, he has been solid, uh, at least a little bit of a consistent uh, receiver that you can throw in there in a deeper league like the Dynasty League. Um And Mark Walton was looking to get a a little bit more work as he had become the starter in Miami, but now is out on a four-game suspension there. So that does create a little bit of of a hole in Ethan's depth, and so we'll see how that affects him going forward in the next few weeks. Moving right along, we'll go ahead and jump into the matchup between Connor and Brian, and as everyone predicted, this was the highest total points uh, of any matchup this week, right? That's what we all thought. Connor takes the game uh, 150 to 122 and rides the hot performances from Matt Moore, Derek Henry, who had uh, two touchdowns, Marvin Jones, Jameson Crowder, and Zach Ertz, who finally decided to show up in the tight end slot. Uh, Meanwhile, for Brian, Russell Wilson continued to light the league on fire with nearly 40 points. Levion, Duke Johnson, uh Kenny G were all solid performers and got about what you'd expect from them in their uh respective matchups. But unfortunately, we do have Brian forget to set a tight end for the second straight week. Brian's Brian just sucks fantasy. Brian's Brian just sucks fantasy. Brian's Brian just sucks fantasy. So while he did lose by uh 25 points or more there, uh I think karma is really taking shots at Brian uh, as he continues to just not set a full lineup, which no one really likes. We don't really appreciate that. I understand some situations are different than other Brian, but come on, man, two weeks in a row, you can do better. So now we'll go ahead and jump over to the next one. And that's uh, a battle of two of the three league stragglers battling it out for last place. And that's Carson versus my little brother, PJ. Carson does take away the win 92 to 90. And these two are really just below average teams, Looking up and down the rosters here, it's just it's ugly. Uh, David Montgomery did give uh, Justin a good day, but that was on the back of two second-half touchdowns to cover up uh, an otherwise very poor performance. Cousins, Barkley, Philip Lindsay all performed relatively well for Carson, and I think Jarvis Landry scoring the late touchdown is actually what pushed him to victory, as you don't really expect Jarvis to give you any kind of work anymore as the Browns offense is just abysmal, as we've mentioned earlier. Um, both guys had players score zero in their lineups, Thielen, Breit, Nikhil, Harry. Uh, when you have these guys, it's just going to be, uh, just a poor looking matchup from the outside. Uh, Justin is happy, he dodged the bullet of a win, but, uh, we're not going to get too excited about this matchup. And I think we're just going to move on. So last but not least, we do have, uh, Blake versus Coley. And as we all expected, Blake did walk away with the win. But in a game that was a little closer than we might have all imagined, Uh, 109-90, to Mitchell Trubisky really let Blake down with only six points, while Christian McCaffrey uh, absolutely led him to the win as the rest of his team once again kind of was a letdown. Uh, So Christian with the 36 points was the ultimate uh, reason he did take away the win this week, even against a weak uh, team that Coley has thrown together. Um, Must be nice to ride that train. Uh, Congratulations, Blake. Coley got a nice performance from Kyler, Josh Jacobs, and DK Metcalf, but ultimately the rest of his team was super disappointing as it has been all year. Uh, I'm sure Coley won't be too upset with the loss as it does improve his uh, draft stock going forward, but that one certainly can't feel good for Blake uh, as he certainly not trending in the right direction with the team. But once again, that's likely due to buys and some other uh, issues with the team. But uh, as we'll talk about a little bit later on, it seems that he might've taken care of some of that Uh But just keep riding those coattails of CMVP, and I'm sure you'll be fine, Blake. Uh, So once again, that did take me to 11-7 and for uh, predictions over the last three weeks, and uh, we're moving in the right direction with that. Uh, Keep getting better, and hopefully we'll do a little bit of the same this week. Uh, But let's go ahead and get into the previews of this week. So before we jump right into the uh, previews of this week's games, I do want to just go ahead and mention that we did have a couple of big trades this week uh, that do affect uh, some of the teams that we'll be talking about, obviously. Uh, And I just thought we'd go through those trades quickly and kind of decide who won and who didn't and see where everybody came out. So the first trade here was between Coley and Connor. Uh, Coley looking to sell off more assets to accumulate picks for next year's rookie draft. Uh, Trading away Josh Jacobs and Drew Brees for Kyle Allen. Two 2020 first round draft picks and a 2021 second round draft pick. Connor really looking to make a playoff push here, uh, getting Jacobs and Brees. Uh, Those two sure up a decent lineup that he already had and give him a, a young running back to move forward with. Uh, so you really have to like what he has uh, in that deal, but I do lean Coley uh, wins this first one, as he now has over the half of the league's first-round draft picks for next year's rookie draft, and will certainly be able to set up his future with that. A tanking job well done, Coley. You know how to do it right, like the 76ers, and not wrong like the Washington Redskins. The next big trade of the week came between the two rivals, Blake and Lathan. two of you guys you've heard on the podcast here, uh, if you've been listening. Uh, Lathan acquired Pat Mahomes, Mike Williams, Marlon Mack, Darius Geis, Naheem Hines, and a 2020 third-round pick, while Blake acquired Dalvin Cook, Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Miller, Mike Boone, and Alexander Mattinson, and a 2020 second-rounder a uh, lot to pack, unpack here, but as we see, the two teams are taking very different directions for this season. Coming off that uh, most recent loss, did move Latham to 3-6, and six, and he, he seems to think he doesn't really have a chance at uh, playoffs this year, and I tend to agree with him. Uh, he sells off Dalvin Cook, uh, one of the top two backs on the year, uh, and looks to acquire uh, a little bit of young talent in Mahomes, Mac, and Mike Williams. That will provide him some decent options going forward. And over the next few years, and of course, um, Patrick Mahomes is an MVP-level quarterback whenever he's on the field. And at his age, you'd expect him to be on the field in that Kansas City offense uh, for quite some time. Darius Geis also offers uh, some great upside if he can ever get and stay healthy. And uh, while Washington doesn't look good at the moment, uh, they could move him, or he could really see uh, that team improve if they make some offseason pickups for the offensive line or uh, just on the offense in general, as you do kind of see that getting better maybe, uh, if Dwayne Haskins can improve or if they bring in another quarterback. Moving over to Blake's side, uh, he is obviously looking to strengthen his starting roster uh, to go head-to-head with the big fish in the pond like Seth and Connor uh, going into playoffs. Dalvin Cook, paired with the likes of Christian McCaffrey, Julio Jones, Kelsey, and Edelman, certainly make for a formidable opponent no matter who you are. So with both uh, Blake and Lathan going in different directions as far as their team strategies, I think we can walk away saying both are winners uh, from what they were trying to do. But I lean the edge to give it to Lathan as uh, uh, Mike Boone and Alexander Mattinson are basically just handcuffs to Dalvin Cook for the most part. And uh, unless Dalvin Cook goes down, which actually would hurt Blake more, in my opinion, uh, I don't think you would really expect for either of them to play with uh, a big part on Blake's team for the foreseeable future. Maybe if one of them gets traded and goes into a a significant role somewhere else, you might see that. But um, otherwise, I think uh, Lathan edges out Blake in this trade. Uh, But Blake certainly won't feel that way as he's really looking to make the, the championship push now. Um, So a lot of craziness going on in the league right now before we get into the playoff season. Um, But now we'll get back into the matchups uh, and you can understand why we went through the trades as teams look very different going into this week. Um, But mine and Blake's matchup is the first one we'll go through. Uh, That's another big reason we went through Blake um, with Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Julio Jones, Travis Kelsey. Uh, I will certainly need a big week from Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans and the likes of the rest of my team. To even have a chance as you would expect a lot of those guys to really go off and have the big weeks as they've had uh, in the two in the past, specifically McCaffrey and uh, dalvin Cook, his two big stallions uh, you would really see him ride those to victory. My hope really lies in my flex options as he is missing Edelman and Alshon on buys this week. Uh, And he's starting with Alden Tate and Anthony Miller, both of whom have uh, some issues at quarterback right now with Alden Tate, uh, the Bengals starting Ryan uh, Finley, and Anthony Miller, he's stuck with Trubisky. So uh, you really kind of look for both of those two to maybe struggle this week, whereas I have Miles Sanders and Devin Singletary who uh, continue to get more and more work in their respective backfields. Uh, but I think I am going to lean Blake's, uh, th- Blake's way this, this week uh, as do the projections, and uh, we'll see if the big trade pays off week one here. Up next on the list, we have Mark versus Page. As usual, Justin's team lacks noticeable talent across the starting lineup, and we'll struggle if Mark teams performs to expectation at all to get the win. But once again, uh, as we all know, he's really not looking to win. Uh, Mark gets Kamara back off of injury, and Jalen Samuels with uh, a missing Connor looks like another fine play. Uh, the receiver and the flex options across both uh, of these two teams are a little bit lacking, and I will lean Mark's edge as the talent goes with him. But uh, Justin certainly could surprise. Uh, he has had David Montgomery and a couple of other players across his team Um perform above what you might expect Uh, Mark Ingram does get a good favorable matchup this week and he might be uh, disappointed if he picks up that third win but uh, as per usual I will lean Mark and go away from Justin as he's not really trying to win so um, I'm going to pick Mark in what feels like an obvious selection. That's a short and quick one there, but now we'll move on to Thad versus Carson. A little bit more interesting as me and Thad are battling out for that last uh, playoff spot with a couple of teams behind us. But uh, it looks like this will be a low-scoring matchup with a a lot of injuries and buys across both of these teams. Thad missing Leonard Fournette, James Conner, T.Y. Hilton, Mohamed Sanu, and Cortland Sutton. And Carson, uh, Carson's side also has no Phil Lindsay, no Adam Thielen, no uh, Scary Terry, no Sterling Shepard or Brandon Cook. So a lot of big names, big injuries, big bye weeks this week for both these teams. Uh, both are projected to score less than 90 points on the week. All in all, you might expect some ugly options uh, with the, all of those buys and uh, injuries within these two lineups. And I think that's what you do see. Um, I will give the edge to Thad behind Lamar Jackson, Latavius Murray, who's improved in Kamara's absence, and I think he'll still see some decent work, as I said earlier. Um, Allen Robinson and Odell Beckham Jr., Uh, between those four, I think uh, there's the talent on Thad's team to overcome Carson's, who really just has Barkley and a couple of no-name guys after that. Uh, So we'll go with Thad there. Going to the next matchup, we have Connor versus Coley. Uh, Oddly enough, they just made the trade. Uh, I don't know. Seems kind of fishy, you guys. Might have to look into that, uh, Ethan, as commissioner. I think we got some collusion going on there, Coley buying some losses. Uh, but we'll look for Connor to win this one easily with Jacobs, Henry, Breeze, Coop, uh, Amari Cooper, and Emmanuel Sanders leading the way. All have uh, pretty favorable matchups, and we'll look to score. Uh, Coley, we know how bad his team is at this point, and we'll need a huge week from a lot of the small guys uh, to even have a chance. Kyler could have a good week this week uh, as he does have a, a net positive matchup and uh, maybe Kareem Hunt will show us something uh, for the Browns in, the, in that backfield as he comes back off the suspension and the bye week there. Um, he certainly is a talented back, but I think we do still see most of the work stay with Nick Chubb. So I don't think we'll see uh, a lot from Kareem Hunt as far as fantasy points, but uh, maybe he breaks off a big run or something uh but i'll definitely pick connor to win his seventh uh game this year and solidify that spot in the playoffs and uh moving right along we'll go lathan versus bryan as our next matchup uh after the trade you definitely have to downgrade lathan's projections a little bit losing dalvin cook certainly hurts uh i think he will still be looking to pick up the win this week mahomes uh damian williams stack will be a good uh stack for him Um, as I think Williams does look to take over that backfield, as we saw last week with Shady only getting four total touches. Also, I think we look for a good week, uh, a good bounce back from Chris Godwin, Marlon Mack, and Devontae Adams, as they all kind of had poor weeks last week, but do have better matchups this week. On Brian's side, you really just have to kind of hope that he actually sets his lineup and gets a starting roster out there this week. Uh, Bell, if he plays, might be nice. Uh, Certainly Russell Wilson and Kenny Galladay Uh, definitely have a potential to win you a game any week, and maybe a healthy David Johnson coming back would also go a long way. But I think I will pick Lathan uh, for my pick this week and see if he can get a win uh, after switching up his roster big time this week. And the last matchup will be Seth versus the Red Hot Commissioner Gordon, Uh, two of the division leaders here. We see Seth have his guys come back off by, and he'll be looking to get back to full strength with Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Cooper Cup, uh, Tyler Lockett, and Austin Austin Hooper all back in the lineup. Uh, He is a considerable favorite to knock off Ethan uh, and in that winning streak that Ethan has been on. So unless we see a boom week from a guy like Stefan Diggs, maybe Zeke has one of his big weeks, George Kittle or Tevin Coleman, I don't think we really see a lot going on for Ethan this week. And I think the commission is going to pick up a first L in a few weeks. Uh, So uh, I'll pick set the bounce back and uh, get back on track uh, after picking up two losses here recently. And uh, I think it'll be good for the rest of the league to see the commission lose one uh, for the first time in a while. Um, With all that, we'll go ahead and wrap the podcast up. I do just want to thank you guys once again for tuning in and uh, appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week and enjoy the games. Thanks, guys. Bye.